Welcome back, pop culture theologians. It's great to be here with you again, uh, discussing The Crown Season 4, Episode 9, Avalanche. Um, uh, But ultimately, you know, we've got a lot to talk about. But before we do, we've got our special guest theologian, Anjanette, here with you. Hey, AJ. Hey! How's it going? Trying to survive these avalanches. Oh, Jesus, right. I know. Um, well, um, if this is your first time listening, um, welcome. We are the Pop Culture Theologians. We are here um, making sure that, you know, we worship at the altar of pop culture um, and all things that we find meaning in that uh, shows, television, books, and movies. And we've got uh, The Crown Season 4 here, so we've got a lot to discuss. But before we do that, we want to make sure you can find us on the interwebs. You can always find the show at Pop Theologians on Facebook and Twitter. Um, AJ, where can we find you? Not on Twitter, but where else? I am on TikTok at um, PhD Ange and on Instagram at Barcelona Ange. Um, I do not partake in the Twitter. Um, I, I need to set boundaries. But other than that, that's where you can find me as well as feminismandreligion.com. I am a monthly um contributor as well as also i do monthly contributing to the engaged gaze yes major shout out to our host website the engaged gaze um angina is spoiling it but she will be writing a monthly series for us on there so you can go to engaged gaze g-a-z-e although engaged gaze g-a-y-s are always a good thing um and you can go there and read her writings um you can follow me at j erickson 85 on all of the interwebs um, you know, uh, and we're having a lot of fun right now because there's a lot going on in the world. Um, but before we get into the episode, we're going to talk about a few things. So, Anjanette, what the f- happened this week? Well, the good thing, well, maybe it's not good for others in the non-continental United States, but the ground, it's Groundhog Day. The Vixatani oh. Phil saw it, um, didn't see a shadow, so we have six weeks more of winter. For those on the West Coast, that just means probably some more rain. But other than, I mean, there's that, but, um, there's some serious things that happened this we're already only Tuesday, only Tuesday, but some big things have happened and it's the start of February and February came out swinging. Um, the actress Evan Rachel Wood has finally released who her uh, abuser was. And that is the metal rocker Marilyn Manson and she has five other women that have also come forward to expose his abuse and his um, unhealthy treatment of women and so that's kind of shaking up the world of Hollywood is an I don't even know Yeah, you know, as many listeners on this show will know, we've covered Westworld in the past. Um, You know, Evan Rachel Wood is amazing, and she's such an amazing actress and activist, and um, letting, you know, her know, if she ever were to listen to this, you know, we stand with her, um, reading some of the allegations and, and things that she's been brave enough to discuss it just shows further that we need to make sure we're doing all that we can to stand with survivors but ultimately um you know looking at her story and seeing how 
you know, she has this platform and it's great to see her using her platform. That's the one thing I think I love most about Evan Rachel Wood is that she uses her platform for social good and to make sure people feel that they're not alone. I think it's also really important that we continue to shine on the abuses, especially in Hollywood and in our in politics and in academics and in all of our circles, that abuses of power ultimately do happen and, and to root out the causes of that and, and to stand with our survivors and the victims and, and those that um, have suffered, both yeah. men and women and non-binary alike. Um, is is a really important thing that we take from the the news. Yeah. Today. Well, in other in other news, you know, um, we are witnessing what we what could have almost happened here in the United States. Uh, AJ, why don't you talk about our our friends in Burma? So Burma, my uh, or Myanmar, you can use both. Um, Burma was used when it was currently a British colony. It has since in the 80s, they have reclaimed the name Myanmar, um, but it is a Southeast Asian country, borders India, Bangladesh, China. And what's really important is that it's twofold. So there was a military, a successful military coup that happened on February 1st where the military refused to certify the elections that happened in November. If this is sounding familiar, it's because this is what happened in January 6th in our country, but it was a failed um, insurrection and a failed coup. But in Myanmar, it is successful. Trump wishes the military was like this. Right. Um, And a lot of things are coming out. um, So... The reason this coup happened in Myanmar is because the Democratic Party of Myanmar won in a landslide in November. They won um, 300, I think it's 300 and something seats, and the other party only won 33 seats to the parliament. And the military commander-in-chief was set to retire in July. And if he would have retired, he would have been facing international war crimes for the genocide of the Rohingya, or the Muslim population of Myanmar. So he has deemed the election fraudulent, taken over, arrested uh, multiple leaders. There's TikTok is really loving the um, video of a fitness instructor who was filming a, a skit I saw that. as the military coup is happening Apparently in the background. it's fake. I don't know because I it's it's really hard not to think that, that that's very possible that it could have happened. Um they had not yet censored the internet in Myanmar right before the military coup happened. So it very well could be real. Who knows? It's not like what's happening in India with the farmer's revolt and Modi stopping the internet from happening. And we have no idea what's actually happening in India right now, but I digress. Um, But the, the reason also for this, for our crown, the reason Myanmar Burma is really important is because Myanmar um, or at the time Burma is heavily connected to the crown because it was a British colony, but if we know of, or if we remember Lord Mountbatten, Dickie. Dickie. The Kingmaker. 
Um, he was in charge of the military forces during World War II that took back Burma from J um, Japan. Japan took over, um, seized it during World War II. Dickey takes it back um, and is given uh, an earldom from it, and he's called the Viscount of Burma, which then leads him to getting um, becoming the last viceroy of India, which leads to the shame of Mountbatten because he oversees the partition of India and then kind of has to come back with his tail between his le legs to India or to England and then ultimately leads to his role in the skirmishes of Northern Ireland and Ireland and his death by the IRA. Yeah, Dickie, R.I.P. Yeah, and but it, it also shows like we're seeing more real time evidences of the crumbling of the Commonwealth um, from last episode of what it means for the British crown and, and their ties and their threads and um, how we're still kind of picking up those pieces. Um, well, speaking of uh, RIP and, and trying to pick up the pieces, um, we are seeing um, the Republican Party here in the United States completely um, self-destruct. Um, it's a lovely sight to see, if I do say so myself. Um, but, you know, what we have, it is all tailored around uh, one crazy um, uh individual marjorie taylor green who we've spoken about mm -hmm. um from uh spouting off anti sandy hook uh, uh parks uh, park i'm um, parkland shooting parkland, um, parkland, conspiracies yeah. the i mean the jewish space lasers she she space thinks lasers the jews have space lasers so she's anti she's an anti-semite yeah she's she's anti-everything but you know the the scary things is she also has been very complicit in the ways in which I think the the calls for her expulsion from the um, you know House of Representatives um, there is a lot of investigation going on that she herself was giving tours and tweeting out and right. posting where very vulnerable members of um, the Democratic majority were specifically AOC and mm -hmm. others. Um, uh, AOC went bravely on Instagram live last night yes, and talked did. finally about her. What happened? If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's, it's so powerful to label her trauma and to label that what's happening afterwards is indicative of that of abusers yep. of saying, well, we just got to move on. We got to move on. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. It was just trivial. Um, we also have to mention, um, I'm going to call her like we, um, MTG has MTG. also been very aggressive and violent towards um, new democratic members of the house she she has aggressively attacked cory bush whose office is next to hers and cory bush has said that she is in the process of moving her office because she is she will not stand for being um intimidated or and that's grounds like that alone regardless of all the other things her physically and aggressively attacking another member of the house is grounds for expulsion that is not, that is against the oath that she took. There is no, there is no, um, you know, there is no bar anymore. When you think the bar could get any lower, right. it's like literally 
And I mean, Mitch, Mitch McConnell, the snake Mitch has come out and has denounced her. Yeah. And says she's toxic because you know what? If there's anything Mitch McConnell is good at, it's he knows the writings on the wall. He knew Trump could essentially cost them all that he cost them. He did. Um, and, and Mitch is already trying to win back the Senate in 2022. But if you have people like this in states like Georgia, where uh, yeah. Reverend Warnock will have to run again in 2022, states like my home state of Wisconsin, where Ron Johnson is vulnerable, where Biden is doing very well. Biden is actually polling extremely high um, because people want a bipartisan COVID package. So yeah. he knows that if uh, he knows that he's got to do stuff. And, and frankly, you know, the, the Republicans have made their bed. And so if they don't, um, get with it, you know, and I believe in representational democracy. And while, you know, I, I do believe that, you know, the voters, if they want to recall her should have that right. Sometimes mm -hmm. that, that right needs to essentially be um, forced upon her because people's lives are at stake. And I would not doubt it for a second if, if there would be another attempt at someone's life because of how um, crazy she is. And the worst part is, is as if you've been watching the news, she spoke with a Parkland mom's, uh, mm -hmm. a Parkland mom, um, and uh, what refused ultimately happened- Refused to go on air. Refused to go on air, but she admitted to the mom that she doesn't believe this stuff. She knows it's crazy, yeah. essentially. But she won't say that because she knows that her base loves right. it. And right. so that's the sick part, is that you're actually putting people's lives at stake for whatever political purposes you're trying to do. Um, well, and this is where we, we definitely see a difference in House members and Senate, men and, and Senate members, because House members, they have a shelf life. Like they only have two years. So they can come in and be brazen, brazen, brazen. Whereas senators, they have six years. And so if they want to keep their job, they play the long game. And a lot of House of Representatives don't, can't play that long game. Yeah, because they know that their elections are up every two years. Yeah, because you're automatically running for re-election the moment you get re-elected. Right, <laughs> um, and so that's well, why you see Mitch, you see Jim Jordan, you see Ted Cruz, you see, you know, those that are playing the longer game, trying to separate themselves from the Marjories, from the Laura, the Lauren Boebert, um, the Matt Getz, like those that have the sensational outrageous horrifying claims yeah, yeah. and well, the republican I'm, party is is man it's fraying faster than a arabian carpet well good bye um well in better news and right before we get to the episode our president biden is going to maybe meet someone this summer aj who are we thinking it it was announced that there is um, Biden's p potential first international meetup greet will be in England and he might meet the queen if all I mean he's already been at vaccinated the queen's already been vaccinated so it looks like in the summer um, the queen is going to be housing um, a, a summit and Biden is requested and she is also asked for an official president queen visit so we will be seeing hopefully in june or july a president biden queen meetup we love to see it and you know what else we love to see this episode of the crown yes so we've got a lot to talk about and let's get into episode nine the penultimate episode of season four avalanche and here we go okay 
So we have a lot to cover in this episode. Um, but the main thing that we're all going to leave you with is Charles sucks. Um, the worst. We're going to peel this onion for you just to really show how bad it is. Um, so some of the fun stuff about this season and I think this episode is that it brings in a lot of actual real life history or things that have actually happened. Um, I was never aware of the Uptown Girl um, incident, um, as we see when the episode starts off. Um, but it was quite interesting to really see what happened. And so um, what we really have is we're seeing the public and the very private demise of Charles and Diana's marriage. Um, if you remember earlier in the season, you know, they were recommitted to each other, but then that broke down and where they're at. Um, but, you know, it's, it's uh, Charles's birthday. They're at the opera where he's a patron or something like that on yeah. this board. Um, and uh, Diana plans something, you know, because she thinks it's sweet and amazing and wants to please her husband. Uh, AJ, what does she do? So she um, has secretly arranged to uh, choreograph a dance with a very famous dancer um, to the song Uptown Girl by Billy Joel for as a way of a public celebration of Prince Charles's 37th birthday. And you can clearly see like, it's so cringeworthy and bravo to the actor who performs um, Charles because he does it so well of showing it how visibly bothered he is by watching Diana dance. And it isn't just because, I mean, she's doing fine. The dance, she's doing great. It's the fact that the entire public is loving it and he is no longer the center. Like it is not about his birthday. It is not about him. It was about Diana and her dance. And she gets an eight minute standing ovation. Eight minute standing ovation. And as we he's saw- He's livid. So mad. It's like, he's livid. He's recoiling in his chair. He's furious. But of course he has to put on a face. And so and he, he makes it, you know, a really good thing, but they get into the car and then he full on admonishes flips her. Out. He flips yeah. out. And he literally says, because um, I wanted to pull these quotes. If you had anything between your ears other than self-obsession, you would know public displays like that horrify me. Um, and then she goes, everything I do seems to horrify you. And he goes, increasingly, yes. And, you know, and then, she, you know, these arguments are just fabulous because ultimately she goes, you know, I never thought you'd manage to be like this, but you're really succeeding now. Um, and uh, we have the line of the episode. Well, the, not the, the line, line of the episode. It's, because it's the line of the opening. Yeah. The line of the opening. I'm really starting to properly loathe you. So definitely but, no love lost right but now. But then he responds. It's so telling by saying we all have already loathed. Like everyone has already loathed me like i loathe myself so what took you so long i'm surprised it took you so long like which says a lot about like his self-esteem his self-worth which also ultimately like as a someone that looks into counseling and psychology like that could probably most definitely have been a foundation to why he keeps camilla's camilla keeps that self-loathing at bay for him whereas diana is the mirror of the self-loathing instead of the balm. Well, Diana ultimately, you know, is becoming Diana. As we saw in the one episode yeah. when they went on their tour, people started loving her more than him. He hates that. And I think with 
Camilla, she lets him be the center of attention. She's never really wanted anything, but Diana was meant for so much more. I mean, being the people's princess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting when you look at the historic- historicity of this actual moment, um, you know, she she was like training for this whole like scene, you yeah. know, actually with the dancing and the guy that got to play Billy Joel. Um, and and so, you know, we really are seeing, you know, this inside outside because obviously they're in, they're outside in the world and people are like, oh my God, but the tabloids are obviously reporting that they hate each other. Um, well, and, and they're, they're asking staff and the staff are, are reporting that they're hearing yelling, that they're um, being separate, you know, and the scene after he, they yell at each other in the car, they drive up to Kensington Palace and only Diana gets out and Charles goes back to um, Highgrove and Camilla. Yeah. And she even says it. She goes, are you going back to go back to her? Because obviously she's the only one that. But let's talk about ultimately, you know, speaking of marriages that were once Rocky, um, you know, we see the queen and Philip um, reading the papers and, you know, it's a really cute moment with them at the breakfast table and, you know, she has no idea who's the Billy Joel. Um, <laughs> and, and like, Philip is like concerned that she doesn't know. Doesn't him. know because he's always been the closer with the kids. It's always been reported that he's really close with his children. Um, but it's really funny because uh, if you've listened to some behind the scenes stuff, uh, the creator of the show, um, is essentially like kind of wrote that line in a way because he said he would love to see how the queen would like react to it um and the fact that you know she goes joel like it's just the perfect way because you know that she would probably do something like that but (laughs) ultimately this brings back into the way in which uh we see philip and the queen uh hearken back to the days of old and and what does philip ask the queen aj he 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 gets so he's tickled by the news reporting because the queen thinks that diana and charles are doing great in their marriage and that she did this dance for his birthday. And he asks her, why didn't you dance for me for my birthday? And she does a great slap back and says, I didn't need to because you already had your own ballerinas. And it was like, boom. Like it was the best. It was truly one of like, the best clapbacks. It was one of those that it harkens to the, the, the line, like my memory's long. And we keep yeah. receipts. Like the yeah. queen has kept Philip's receipts. Yeah, she she's forgiven him, but she's never forgotten about it. That's and right. that's just one, you know, and that kind of just shows like as we're talking about with not only, you know, Charles being the worst, Philip is no uh 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 Saint Prince, uh to <laughs> say whatever word as well. Um, but you know, these these things all come home to roost and Mm-hmm. You know, but the title of the show uh, of the episode is called Avalanche, right? And so what we see here is we see this horrible, you know, display of them actually really hating each other, right? And everything being horrible. But then ultimately, Charles goes away on a skiing trip. And- well, no, he takes, no, it, Diana and him go, yeah. but they go with a bunch of friends and they're separate the entire trip. And The entire trip. But what happens on this trip? The um, Prince Charles and a couple of members of the party get caught in an avalanche and he is presumed potentially dead, um, lost or hurt, and they can't find him for a couple of hours and they have to um, 
the queen's press secretary or helper or whatever he is um, has to tell her like the queen the king or charles might be potentially dead but don't worry we have a contingency plan in place Mm -hmm. and um she's bothered by it the prince is bothered by it but he experiences a near-death experience you know life and death experience he is ultimately found alive but a member of their party is killed and him and Diana have to bring the body back to his widow. And for Charles, it's a moment of, at that moment of death, the person he really wanted to be with was Camilla. Yeah, and, but it's a it's an eye-opener. He's like, I don't, I almost died. I don't want to be with Diana anymore. Right. But what the queen, you know, the queen is obviously worried about her son when she finds out he's alive. But what they actually tell her is like, oh like they they were never together this entire time like she kind of starts to realize the queen is super oblivious and she's thinking they're okay and then she finally goes because the the press secretary tells the queen like we found charles um and this incident has has given us time because there's something else on the horizon that's worse and that's the, the demise marriage. of the prince and princess of Wales is the Wales marriage to go and back. She's and like, it's, it's, she's flabbergasted. And so she has to go to her daughter Anne, and said, tell like what, what's up. And Anne kind of no holds barred. She tells. spills the tea. And in this, Anne is the unspoken hero in this yeah. entire season. She's great. Totally. And Anne goes on to tell basically her mother that, you know, the tabloids are saying awful awful things and then and, every, and diana's sleeping with everyone so there's a revolving door around everyone the palace ho everyone not happy um diana's sleeping with a, a man in the military the bodyguard major hewitt which if you if you're versed in diana lore there are many years that there was a conspiracy theory that major hewitt was actually harry's father because he's he's a ginger he has a little bit more beautiful facial structure that Harry has. Um, But a lot of her um, close advisors and uh, Butler have said that she did not meet Major Hewitt until after Harry was born. Am I still kind of thinking? 100%. Yes. 100%. Because Prince Harry don't have no genes of Charles. If you look, I'm all like, "Mm." no, we, those genes came back hard for Prince William. So let's just be- Yeah, honest. and if you look at Prince William's kids, like they look like a mountain baton, like- 100%. Yeah. But the, the sad thing is, is Anne literally has to tell her mother, like, if you think the tabloids are bad, I need to tell yes. you that like, this marriage is actually way worse than people are reporting. Like you have yeah. no idea because Anne and Charles actually do talk, you know, like he confides in her and a lot of stuff. And, you know- the queen is just so beside herself, but it just goes, you know, to talking about, you know, these affairs that everyone is having from the queen having to deal with her own individual husband uh, to her watching her husband, the heir, you know, the crown, the thing she's worked her whole life for, just destroying it. Diana, I mean, her, all of her children are just miserable. Anne is at the time, she's in the process of a divorce. Yes herself you know so we just sit here and we see the ways in which she's got a she calls a meeting of the minds or whatever she does and uh she summons she summons them she summons them but what you know it's interesting because as we get into you know 
what did we call it in the outline? Part nine of the worst foursome in history. Um, you know, ultimately what we have here is the queen, you know, she, wa- she already knows what she wants to hear. She's not really That's willing right. to hear anything. Divorce really isn't an option for her, as we all know. Um, but Charles just had this life and death moment. However, um, you know, they finally all come, they sit down. Uh, and Charles has prepared a statement because he wants out. He wants, he wants out. out. He wants Camilla. But Diana but also had a, Yeah, Diana also had a come to awakening moment from this near-death avalanche. And she realizes that she wants the crown. She wants the marriage. She she does still have love for Charles and she'll do whatever she needs to do in the marriage. Um, and that totally pleases the queen and Prince Philip. It utterly horrifies Charles. Yep. Yep. And he's shocked. Yeah. Because he and her are not speaking. They hate each other essentially mm-hmm. um and he's like oh she doesn't hate me anymore like what's going on and she's right. ready to play by the rules to essentially do it and the moment she says this um the queen's like great who wants some tea and then right. charles is like don't you even care about what i have to think and she honestly just gives him this look of like no but philip philip's the one that says what do you really have to say yeah like he's the one that's like come on now like you know what you have to do you're going to be the heir to the crown and the queen outlines, like, she also throws Philip again under the bus and says, like, you have to respect each other. You have to give people some freedoms and turn a blind eye. And Philip exact, like, kind of looks at her like, oh, God, you're, you're talking about me. Again, you're going to ding me again. Um, but, you know, it, Philip and Charles, but Charles essentially now um, becomes furious he's already mad but who does he go to he goes right straight to camilla straight to camilla um and is just he's he's beside himself in anger over diana and says that diana just played just played them and is doing this and then that and then you really start to see his vindictive nature and that he has arranged for all of the um, bodyguards and all of the the help around Kensington Palace to basically spy on Diana and see if she follows her vow to the queen to get rid of all of the men and you see in a flashback that she does say goodbye to Major Hewitt and that she's willing to become part of you know Charles's life but Charles is sitting there with Camilla he he didn't make a vow to the apparently to the queen and the prince to yep. sh- throw off the shackles of his mistress, but yet he's demanding Diana too, which is a very unfair. Um, he's demanding Diana essentially do all these things that he won't do. He doesn't care to do. He's done with her, um, as we will see later on in the next episode, and it's gonna finally come to a head because you know the queen essentially has set her sights on one thing um and you know next episode we'll talk about that but what we have here is um him really trying to hurt diana because he knows already she's lonely but diana does really try to recommit because she she does 
upset that he almost died. And there's another historical moment that the show really brings out. And it's the ways in which they're trying to, um, you know, share in their wedding anniversary. Well, no, before that, remember, like, he's so removed from this. He's planning his schedule. And he goes, I want to make a trip with to Scotland for with Camilla. And his secretary is all like, that's your wedding weekend. And Diana wants you at the house with the boys for the weekend. And he's all like, oh, dang. Yeah. I forgot. And then he and, goes and, and he, and the entire staff has to clean the entire house and rid everything of Camilla. There's pictures and clothing and food and flowers that are all Camilla based and they have to rid it and put in Diana. And she comes thinking, Oh, you have my favorite flower. Our pictures are here. We're playing in the pool with the boys. And Charles is just this slimy. And he's such a slimy little piece because then she does something that's really nice for him and something that she thinks is affectionate. And like with public displays of affection, and if she didn't learn her lesson before. she didn't. Well, she only learned half of it. She only learned half of it. This time she didn't do it in public. She literally hired a crew um, Mm -hmm. of people to be there as she privately recorded and performed a rendition of All I Ask of You from The Phantom of the Opera and watches it on tape with her and Charles. And just like with the play um, and the Uptown Girl scene, God bless josh who plays charles um yep the look that he gives her as she's watching and like this love adorned face of like the sheer disgust (laughs) of of what she's doing is then like brought back in, in into life as like a cutaway scene where he's literally talking to princess anne and says it was monstrous monstrous yeah you know and they're laughing about it but this i really like this like I like that we have highlighted Anne because this is the moment where she basically slaps some sense into him and says, no one around you wants the marriage to fail. Not Diana, not our parents, not the children, not me and not Camilla. And he's taken aback because he thinks that Camilla, if given the chance, they will get off and they'll get married. And she flat out says, you don't know anything about their marriage. I do because I'm friends with her husband for reasons that we all know why right and it causes charles to go into this like existential crisis and he has to meet camilla in the back lanes of her house and ask do you love me would you go off and marry me and she doesn't answer him fully but she does give one of the worst selfish like answers like my husband never adores me like you do and my husband that doesn't need me the way that you do. And then he's yeah. happy with that. And he's all like, he honestly will take any bit of love that he could ever get. He is a loveaholic yeah. and no one's really ever loved him. And or love just, him the way know, that he thinks he deserves. Because they might have loved him. It's just not the exactly. way that he knew how to receive exactly. it. Exactly. You know. And this brings us back home to the final point of that Charles is literally the worst. Everything he does Um, touches success. Sucks. And what we see is that, you know, after this dinner, after the talk with Camilla, you know, he literally completely, completely starts ignoring Diana. 
never talks to her. And she becomes so frustrated because here she's trying and she's doing all that she can. And ultimately she breaks it off. And in the end of the episode, um, we all see her sneaking in an individual and Charles gets wind of it. And he knows that he finally could use it against her. And it's a trap and she fell right into it. Because he ignores her. Like he stops answering her um, calls. She even calls his cell phone in the car and he doesn't pick up. Um, And she becomes lonely again and isolated and um, starved for attention and love herself. And so she reignites the major Hewitt um, affair. And in the real time and what actually happens, this is we're getting right up to Camilla Gate and the um, phone tapes of um, the wiretapping of Kensington pallets and the public becomes aware of all of the affairs that both of them were having. And then we'll ultimately see in the next um, season the, Where they go. the divorce of Yeah, and Charles. not just the divorce, the um, sheer uh, things that happen that happen to Diana in the ways in which how she's been used and abused by this whole family. Um, But yeah, so listeners, the theme of this episode is Charles is the worst. Even including an avalanche. Even including after almost being killed in an avalanche, you know, and look, I respect and can give him a little credit of saying, you know what? I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. I don't want to do this. But obviously, as we have seen throughout the whole show, they don't get what they want. And, you know, the divorce, Camilla Gate, which is insane. Go look it up. You can can Um, hear them actually speak, and it's so cringeworthy. And it's so cringeworthy. And some of the stuff they say to each other is even more cringeworthy. Um, But the penultimate episode and theme of this whole season is the public destruction of not only Prince Charles, um, but I think, you know, the the deconstruction of the crown and its legacy and who it is, you know, and its world standing to being nothing but gossip and tatters at this point. Right, and, and the, the reality of what the role of the monarchy is to what, you know, what the public want the monarchy is, what the, the royal family think the monarchy is, and how it actually functions in, in the day-to-day life is really starting to show in the next episode. Woo-hoo. We got yeah, a showdown got a coming in more people, in more groups than one. We got a lot of showdowns. We've got a lot of mommy um, son conversations. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in the entire um, And uh, Margaret Thatcher so and, the, and the queen. And Margaret Thatcher and the queen hit a home in the next episode. So listeners, um, that's it. That's this episode nine, um, Avalanche. And AJ and I, and maybe someone special, um, will be back with you um, for very soon. For the last episode. For the last episode. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.